promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. I'm a wonderful person. Hello and welcome back to the Tread Weary Podcast. I am your host, Pastor Carlton Smee, and this is the audio arm of TreadWeary.com a place where we gather around the Word of God to see what it is that God is doing for us because we spend so much time in our lives feeling as though we need to be enough, that we need to do enough, that we need to make ourselves enough, that we need to be better, we need to be good, we need to be this or that. And the gospel comes to us and tells us that it is all done in Christ for us. And so we need to continually be reminded of that. Uh, We've been going through the Gospel of John here in our work together looking at it through the lens of worship, seeing how we are such bad worshipers, and yet God does this work to to make us into the worshipers that he seeks, the ones who worship in spirit and in truth. You can go back and listen to our episode dealing with John 4 and that look. I also apologize for my voice. I took a little bit of extra break between episodes for recording because our house got hit with the COVID virus. Um, and my wife has gotten better and, and is now back to work. I have, this is my last day of quarantine today and my son will be heading back to school tomorrow. My daughter still has a couple more days of her quarantine left to go. Um, but it's one of those things that reminds us of our need for God and the fact that we are not in control. Well, today we're going to be looking at, uh, part of John chapter 20, at least half of John chapter 20. And then we will be um, doing John chapter 21, either in uh, probably in two episodes. So we'll, so we just have about four more episodes left dealing with John, and then uh, we'll be looking at something else moving forward with this podcast for episodes and, and what else we might be doing. But with that, let me read to you. And let us read together even uh, John chapter 20, beginning at verse 1, and we'll be going to verse 18. So John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. And again, I'll be reading from the New King James Version. I've kind of returned to that as I've been using my great-grandfather's Bible for my own personal devotion time. And so I've kind of turned to that a little bit, which that also means that sometimes there might be uh, words or or verses in here that may not necessarily be in another translation. But you know what? That's okay. It makes things a little bit more uh, more interesting, I think, uh, to, to have that in front of us. Um, but anyways, starting at verse 1. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down, looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there. 
and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture, and that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary stood outside of the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, we do beg that you would open up the scriptures as you did that tomb, that we might see you, that we might know you, that we might know what it is that you have done for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, we've dealt with the crucifixion, we've dealt with the death, and now we get the life, life out of death, that is resurrection, being resurrected, coming to life out of the dead, losing and then winning, winning by losing. That is the work of Christ. That is that is what we have to understand about the gospel. When we talk about uh, here at Treadworthy about, about being weary of treading along, of, of, of walking the same road, walking the same treadmill, it's because we always think that to win is to ascend. We think to win is to, to, to win. Whereas in Jesus, winning is losing. Winning is death. It's, it's why he, he comes to us and tells us that we have to take up our cross daily and follow him, or that we have to die daily to ourselves and live only in him. And, and part of the reason why is because he is a resurrected Jesus. He is one who, the way, if we want to borrow something from the Mandalorian, this is the way. We look at the scriptures, we look at the gospel, and we realize that the way of Christ, what it is that Christ does, uh, the, the way of, 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 of this Jesus is one of both death, but then also resurrection of dying to self, but then being raised to new, to new life. And, and we see that here in this, in this, dis, this depiction of, of the resurrection story. And I love how here there are some things that John adds that some of the other texts do not include. But it says on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early. And she wasn't alone because she says uh, they've taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So we assume that the other other Marys are with her and the other women are with her. It just says that Mary came to the tomb. though. maybe she was the first one to look in there. And it says the stone was rolled away. We have no story of the of the earthquake that came or or the angel sitting on top of it or anything like that. That the stone is rolled away though, and, and she runs to tell Simon people and Peter and to to the other disciples that that they've taken him away out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have laid him. She she just saw that the the stone had been rolled away from the tomb, and she must have just assumed 
the grave robbers, something, I don't know. And so Peter and John, they go on a jog. They make their way to the tomb, but John has to make sure that he's that he lets you know that he's a better sprinter than Peter. He gets there first, but he's Frady Cat. He doesn't want to go in the tomb, whereas Peter is brash enough that he runs in there and it's and say stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there. And then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb and he saw the linen cloths lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths but folded together in a place by itself. These things are important. Number one, if it had been grave robbers, the linens would not have been left there. They would have just, they wouldn't have wasted their time in doing that. They would have just taken the body. Second of all, it says that that this body came to life because the linen cloths uh, would have left if 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 the body were were just taken by the disciples but but the 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 linen cloths are left behind because the body had something else to do something else to wear and then then there was purposefulness in it because the handkerchief is taken and it's folded nice and neatly like a napkin at a table this this Jesus he he rises from the dead and he wants to make sure that you know that he has risen that he is actively working that he's actively made alive and so he folds up the the wrapping that was around his face that was around his head that that you might know that this wasn't just some accident but that it was a purposeful thing that when god brings life to someone it is not a mere accident it is not something that someone just happens upon. It's not something that, that even we are able to do of ourselves, but it is an enlivening of God that happens upon us that is purposeful, that it's worked in order. And even though we might look at it and sit here and have no clue, just as Mary doesn't really know, and even it, it goes on to say that Peter and John don't really know because they didn't understand the scriptures. They didn't understand what had happened we might not know what is happening. We just know that something happened and that God is at work in that thing because we know that there's something out of the ordinary here. There was a dead body that was wrapped with spices, put in that tomb, and now it's not there. And all the things that were put on it are still there. That that death shawl still remains in that in that tomb but the dead one is not there because now he is the living one we too being enlivened by god there's a, a shell of us that still remains of this dead one and yet we are alive in him something purposeful comes into our lives and transforms us and we can't explain it trying to put into words what it is that god has done in us we are not able to do so we have to rely on knowing that somehow god is doing this work in us and we might not understand it and we need to search the scriptures to be able to have a better understanding of what it means what the good news means what it means that christ is our savior our rescuer what it means that that he is one who brings life to the dead, that he will raise the dead, that that we will arise with him, that, that everything in the world is going to tell us no, and we need to be reminded that it is a yes. 
and that that should impact our worship because often when our worship fails us and fails God in some respects is because we try to do it in our own way rather than having it be the Spirit enlivening us, giving us life, not only just us being a people who sing some songs or do some liturgy, but having something in there of the Spirit that makes alive those things that we say, those things that we pray, those things that we sing, and needing God to enliven us in that. Well, here Mary gets left alone, right? She gets left standing outside the tomb just weeping because she doesn't know what the heck is going on. She doesn't have a preacher there to speak to her. And so she stoops in again, and she sees that God has sent her a couple of preachers sent her these angels sitting there. And they ask her, why are you weeping? And she says, well, they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've... I I, I want my Jesus. I need my Jesus. Where's my Jesus? And in some ways, that should be our cry every time we enter into the church service. Whether we're gathering in person right now or whether we're doing it online, we should be entering into it going, Lord, I want my Jesus. I need him. When we open the scriptures, that should be our first calling. Please, Lord, open up your word to me that I might see Christ and him crucified and risen for me. Our begging of that, Lord, help me when I open the tomb or open the the scriptures to see the opened tomb before me, the empty tomb, the one that no longer has a Jesus dead in it, but that now there's a Jesus alive and living and active. Well, it says, now when she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. And she didn't know that it was Jesus. She she thought him to be the gardener. It says, it always makes me think, uh, you know, he's still all dirty and messy from the from being in the tomb, right? Just just dirt on his face and, and a big disgrace, right? <clears throat> just Just a huge mess. And she can't imagine that it's him. Because she's not thinking about resurrection right now. She's just upset that her, 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 her Lord has been defiled, that his body has been taken somewhere. And even Jesus asks her, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And she tells him, if you've taken him away, tell me and I'll go get him. She, she's the one who's brave, right? Peter, Peter was brash, but was not brave. He denied his Jesus. John you know, was, was fast, but not very brave. She's the one who's willing to go and get him. And then he finally says her name, speaks her name, and she realizes it's him. How much in our worship, church, as we get enthralled with this Christ, do we need Christ to speak to us, to say our name, that he knows us, who we are, and that we seek him, even, even in a way that might be that, that might cause us to feel kind of ashamed for being, you know, a, a Jesus guy, a church guy, a Bible guy, what, whatever, or gal, needing to, needing to have this Jesus who, who we're willing to do whatever in order to grab hold of him, to know where he is, that he might speak our name to us, that we might see him for who he is. And then he gives her a message, which is, what should happen in church. But he says, don't cling to me. I haven't done my ascension yet, but go and tell my brothers. Tell them I'm, I'm going to my father and your father, to my God and your God. And, and some of the other, in the other narratives of this, she says, go and tell them and I will meet you in Galilee and then I'm going to ascend. 
And, and this is a, a message of hope. This is a message of peace. This is a message of reconciliation. He's speaking to the disciples that, that abandoned him, the, the one that denied him, the one that did not speak up for him at his trial. He's speaking to them and saying, I'm still your Jesus. I'm still yours. That in our worship, when we gather for our worship, our Jesus should be given to us as one who is for sinners who says, I am yours, even when you feel like you are as far away from me as you possibly could be. I am yours. And then Mary goes, and she tells. And she says, I've seen the Lord. She, she says it to the disciples. I've seen the Lord, and, and that he has spoken these things to her. He, he's been a preacher to me. Church, I wonder... When we gather for our worships, pastors, if you're listening, which I don't know if you are, and if you are, yay, I'm glad. Justin, Tim, if you're listening, I doubt you are, but but that's okay. <clears throat> when we plan our worship, do we do it in such a way, or worship leaders or, or people that are, are involved in worship committees or whatnot, do we do it in such a way so that when people leave they, they feel compelled to go and find others and say, I've seen Jesus. I've gotten to know him. He preached to me today. And I have this message for you from him that you might come and join me in this pursuit of this Jesus. Shouldn't that be our goal? Shouldn't that be our desire? That is our hope. That is our prayer, especially in this time of covid where so many are fearful. This should be a time that we come together as the church to create preachers that will go out and proclaim the good news, especially life in the midst of death. Well, that is what we have for today. Next next week, we will be taking a look at uh, the Doubting Thomas passage and the purpose that John has behind his gospel, and then then we'll just have a couple more sessions on John, and then uh, we'll head into something different. But until then, I pray God's mercies and blessings be upon you, and that you might have a good Thanksgiving. If I don't uh, record another service before then, or another uh, episode before then, I pray that you have a good Thanksgiving, and that you stay safe, and that God continues to be with you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.